Welcome back. You're watching The Big Idea. Now, as we approach the end of 2023, it's time to reflect on the economic journey of the year gone by. We dig deeply, deeply into South Africa's economic landscape, exploring how various sectors have weathered the storm from mining to manufacturing and agriculture. And beyond that, we dissect the performance of the economy in the face of challenges like inflation, persistent load shedding, infrastructure issues and soaring interest rates. Joining us for this review of the highs and the lows we anticipate and what the coming year may hold is a chief economist at Investec, Annabelle Bishop, an independent economist, Elise Kruger. Good afternoon to you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Maybe to start, uh, start us both uh, off here, what might be beneficial is to ask you both to describe the year that was uh, economically in one word, if possible. Is it possible? <laughs> Annabelle, we'll start with you. <laughs> I suppose the word that just came to me now was volatile. I didn't expect you to ask me to describe it in one word. But we've certainly had a lot of volatility in global financial markets. And, of course, interest rate expectations have changed. Thoughts around the U.S. recession have changed, as have obviously expectations around China. And in South Africa as well, I think a better year was expected. And then we had, obviously, load shedding was proved to be less anticipated in the second quarter. More in the third quarter, we've seen volatility in the figures. And, of course, as well, particularly in the rand and can to get your uh, your thoughts on this one at least if you could uh, use one word to describe this uh, year i would say challenging mm-hmm. i think we had a lot of curveballs during the course of 2023 and you know so i'm i'm, I'm thinking between challenging and dismal mm-hmm. but uh, i'll go with the first you know challenging is the first word that comes into my mind of course, what we see in the latest GDP print, it's really uh, showing exactly, uh, you know, the volatility and the challenges that your boys are making mention of here. Finally, in a contractionary, uh, you know, uh, territory, but it's felt like a contraction for much longer than that, hasn't it, Annabelle? It has. And, you know, the um, fourth quarter is going to see a lot more in terms of the impact of the blockages on the ports and, of course, feeding through into exports, economic activity and the overall GDP print. We, we had a minus 0.3% outcome for the third quarter. I calculated it actually came out at minus 0.247. So, you know, it was close to minus 0.3%. And that's the big risk that we face, this very negative environment as a consequence of the deterioration of the factors of production in South Africa, both the logistics and transnet and, of course, as well, power at Eskom. And, you know, looking forward into the fourth quarter, there's this risk of a technical recession. We've got a flattish outcome for the fourth quarter. Obviously, it could tip into a contraction. And, you know, that really, I think, does characterize the problems that we have faced in 2023 with the um, issues worsening at transnet and essentially not really being repeated um fully um, at Eskom and, of course, deteriorating at times. 2024 also remains at risk as well. And I think, you know, really um, you know, for South Africa, GDP is very weak. And we're looking for about 0.5% for the year, for 2023. Sure, it really is a rather bleak one that you're paying for us. Lisa, I'd like to bring you in here because what we saw in the third quarter also was a quality labor force, a number that shows that unemployment has fallen to 31.9%. And, but we are seeing ourselves also in contractionary territory. It's a very, uh, maybe, a divergent picture that we're seeing here. I'm keen to get your thoughts uh, on that and how to make sense of it for ourselves. 
Yes, and I don't know, I think on the job side, we have actually seen that job creation has lagged, you know, following the COVID pandemic. So we've literally only now reached the level where we were before COVID. So although we've seen job creation in the, in quarter three, almost 400,000 jobs, you know, created according to the Labour Force survey, you know, if you add it up, you know, you only really now recovered since COVID. So I think, you know, we've lost that correlation between growth and uh, job creation maybe a long time ago ago uh, with seeing job uh, or job creation being lagging on economic growth and for the year as a whole you know we're looking now at about 800,000 jobs created and that's lower compared to last year's 1.4 million so we're still lagging and from that point of view it remains negative the economy is not growing fast enough to create enough opportunities for the population and from that point of view you know one can also talk maybe a bit about the GDP per capita mm. so you know Already we've got very weak GDP growth, but our population is continuing to grow around 1.2% in that order. So, you know, on a per capita basis, South Africans are getting poorer and, you know, we'll be getting poorer in 2023 and most likely also in 2024. There's a tricky one. Uh, I'm not keen to get your thoughts, Annabelle. We see the factors of production are declining, and you've mentioned that. South Africa is turning into a services uh, economy, and I'm wondering if that is uh, at all uh, sustainable for us. And I asked about sustainability because of the number of jobs we need, uh, you know, versus uh, the number of jobs that we can produce, and that can be produced by the services industry versus, you know, productive sectors like mining and manufacturing and construction. Well, we're already a services economy in terms of if you look at the um, differences of the primary sector, the secondary sector and the tertiary sector. The primary sector, as you know, is mining and agriculture. And in your secondary sector, you get manufacturing, as you mentioned, along with electricity production and construction. Your tertiary sector is where the services fall in. And that's, you know, over two thirds of the economy. The bottom line there, however, is that's also affected by delays at the port. If you look at retail sales products, for example, um, if you look at appliances, all of those are obviously, um, uh, you know, imports for South Africa and electricity production also a key problem. You know, it's not a bad thing to have a large services economy um, component, but you also need to have especially in South Africa with such large natural endowments, a large minerals production and obviously manufacturing component to your economy as well. And instead, we've actually seen deindustrialization in South Africa since 1994. That means your mining, manufacturing and electricity production sector, particularly, you know, your manufacturing sector has really become smaller as a percentage of GDP, not because the services sector has, you know, grown too fast with anything wrong with services, but because we've just had so many problems mm -hmm. in our manufacturing mining sectors. We look at miners, you know, some obviously looking to leave the country, others obviously looking to retrench. And of course, as well, you do find yourselves in a situation where we know mineral prices are important, but overall, it is really being able to get the goods out of the country. And if you know, miners not able to do that, they have to reduce production because they've obviously increased stockpiles. So, you know, service is important. And of course, it does provide a lot of jobs, particularly to the low or little skilled. But looking forwards for South Africa, we really need to to see a much more rapid resolution of the crisis that we've got at Transnet and Eskom to bolster the industrial sector of the economy. 
I'm keen to get your thoughts on the issue of infrastructure here. Of course, we haven't seen an infrastructure boom, uh, I think, in more than a decade here in South Africa. And I'm wondering if that's a chicken or an egg uh, issue at this point. You know, do we need growth to see an infrastructure boom? Or do we need uh, to uh, make a great attempt at an infrastructure boom uh, to see uh, a certain growth? I think we've been so out of tune for so long. I'm not sure which one might come first. Elisa, keen to get your thoughts on this one. Yes, I think what, what is currently playing out in the economy is the fact that we have not thought about our infrastructure for, for say, 10 years or 10 years ago. At the time when we were supposed to start to think about, you know, uh, replacing old infrastructure, planning for growth with new generation capacity and so forth, we did nothing. So we've had that last 10 years, you know, under um, sort of the auspices of, of uh, uh, the former President Jacob Zuma, state capture and corruption, all of that, you know, result in basically stalemate on investment and on infrastructure expenditure and now we are experiencing that lack of capacity that has now resulted in doing nothing when we were supposed to investing and to to plan for our future growth so now i think we have actually now started to focus on exactly that to try and get us out of this current you know stuck to growth range uh, given our lack of, of of infrastructure but it will take time for us to get out of this and i've, I've just seen today nursa has published um, a press release saying that they have now registered 98 uh, generation projects in the third quarter the quarter up till september uh, to the value capex wise of about 17 billion rand so we're starting to see that now happening but the the, pr the problem is there's a lead lag scenario here where it will take time before these projects that are now starting to surface you know to to get to proper generation for South Africa. I mean, that's a 12, 18 month, 24 month delay. So luckily, some of the projects that have already uh, been embarked upon could start to, to, to kick in in 2024 and 25, uh, more so in 2025 than in, in the next year. But, you know, that is definitely needed to get the economy going. So uh, it's difficult to say which side is, is maybe coming first, but I think, you know, we need to uh, see that spending and projects being ramped up uh, to bring us the necessary capacity for growth. And I'm actually keen to also get your thoughts on infrastructure. I think it's a very big one in South Africa uh, and one that uh, yeah, requires a lot of efforts, I think, from our side. Yes, I recall your original question was, you know, is it a chicken or egg story? <laughs> do we need, you know, uh, uh, the, the demand to increase or do we obviously need the boom to drive growth? And I think, you know, we really have the demand mm. in South Africa. And what we mean by that is that load shedding really shows us that demand is exceeding, exceeding supply from an electricity perspective. And, of course, the same thing at the ports with huge congestion. And Transnet saying to us that it'll take perhaps up to the... Um, well, February month of next year to clear. So, so those are obviously enormously problematic for South Africa. Let's also not forget that government has run up an enormous quantity of debt, which it has not unfortunately spent on infrastructure in the South African economy, certainly to the extent that we need it or to any noticeable extent. You know, we've seen debt run up from the 2000s where it was close to 20% to now that obviously we're in the 2020s decade. And, you know, that's obviously seen the debt run up, expected to peak at a close to 80%. Now, you know, we also saw that our debt servicing costs are close to a billion rand a day. One wonders, you know, what has been the um, outcome of this enormous quantity of borrowing in terms of the factors of production of South Africa. And it really hasn't been, you know, in terms of bolstering the 
repair and maintenance of the gantry equipment, the equipment itself, that the ports which is being um, penciled as, you know, or, or being signaled as the problems in terms of causing this congestion. And of course, as well, similarly at Eskom, Eskom itself and Transnet both also, in addition, having run up large quantities of debt over and above that of what government itself has run up as well. And that really is worrying from an infrastructure investment drive perspective because you don't have capacity or leeway there. Hence, that is why government is looking to include the private sector now into infrastructure build, maintenance and running of the, these productive factors in South Africa. So unfortunately, we're both in a crisis which has been going on for a very long period of time and a crisis which obviously hasn't been addressed, but also, of course, is one, one which is worsening. And, you know, that is also a big risk now for 2024. We have growth forecast, um, which we pencil in for 2024, of 1.1%. But, of course, much does depend on the global economy, but also, of course, as well, you know, do we actually see the um, lift and improvement in electricity and, of course, in a transnet as well that's needed to actually drive a faster economic growth rate in South Africa. I'm actually glad, uh, glad that you mentioned the issue of risk and looking at 2024 because another thing that South Africa needs to factor in as a risk in 2024 is the political risk uh, with a, a very, very important election coming up. And then also also the ex, ex, uh, exogenous uh, factors uh, that are playing themselves into the economy. If I just think of uh, the global macro environment is also still uh, very strained. I'm just keen to get uh, both your thoughts on this. As we look at 2024, uh, what are we most concerned about uh, for our economy and even for our stability and confidence. Uh, Elise, we'll start with you. Yes, indeed. I think 2024 will be a year where uh, we will see volatility around uh, the polit political uh, risk, our election, you know, when will it be, and you know, uh, perhaps the sooner the better, but you know, also thinking about load shedding. Uh, you know, that is a, a big detriment for the whole, you know, population. And, you know, I think that will be an important factor for the ANC government, you know, to, to manage that and to try and, you know, get low trading levels lower around, you know, election time period, because that does have a big impact on the psyche of South Africans. So, yes, I think volatility will be definitely the name of the game next year as well around this. I think policy uncertainty is, remains a big one, uh, you know, in South Africa around, you know, policies such as the National Health Insurance Bill, you know, we, we've seen now lately, you know, uh, governments wanting to push it through, although there's been so many uh, commentaries saying, you know, it's in the current format, it's going to be detrimental for the economy. So, you know, all of those type of, of, of policy uncertainties will continue to play a role. And I think that brings us to confidence levels. You know, as long as you are uncertain about um, policies and, you know, the way forward, even politically, uh, then you're going to see the scenario playing out of both businesses and you know consumer confidence levels remaining low and you know that remain leads to low spending levels we've seen that on the household side apart from all the other headwinds on 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 the consumer but also for the businesses you know we, we continue to see low confidence levels and unless we can sort that out it will also remain a hampering factor for growth into 2024. And about keen to get your thoughts on this issue of risk, uh, both here in South Africa, but also globally. Yes, you know, what has been a, a detrimental factor for consumers, both this year and the past few years, has been the fact that salary and wage increases in South Africa have been less than inflation. And that has really resulted in real incomes dropping. And of course, that in turn erodes the purchasing power of consumers, which then 
contributes to a more moderate household consumption expenditure growth, if not a contraction, and as we saw this in, in the third quarter, and of course as well negatively affects the economy itself. So, you know, there have been these significant cost-cutting measures which come through, and, you know, as we obviously see, businesses having to spend on other areas, such as um, subsidising or obviously um, finding mitigating uh, measures for load shedding and, of course, as well, other factors that obviously they have had to overcome in a more difficult environment, you'll find yourself in a situation where there have been these limitations on on, on employee remuneration. So, you know, that, that is something I would like to add to the conversation. But in terms of risks, if we look obviously out to 2024, there's also the global economic environment as well. And, you know, the United States is expected to start cutting its interest rates, possibly as early as the second quarter. The markets are even getting ahead of themselves and starting to signal March next year. And all of these factors obviously would be positive from a global financial market environment. And with South Africa only expected to cut its interest rates later in 2024, in the second half of the year. This is obviously because our South African Reserve Bank governor has said that they wish to see inflation average around the midpoint of the inflation target range, which is 4.5%, for a sustained period of time before they feel comfortable cutting. There could be a bit of room for some RAND strength. But really, overall, I think that investors have had a negative view of South Africa because both of the poor growth outcomes and, you know, the deterioration, the factors of production, but also, of course, as a number of other issues as well. We obviously have seen a move towards populist policies as we go towards the election. The ANC is trying to push the NHI through as rapidly as possible. And the problem with the NHI is it's not the same as um, public health care services that it's purportedly modelled on in other countries around the world, and that it actually does not allow for the existence of private sector health care. And that in itself is highly damaging for the economy. It will take out a large productive sector of the economy and also as well could see many more high and middle income earners looking to immigrate in South Africa, taking with them skills and often as well businesses. So the populist policies, which the um, ANC government has really leaned towards in the run-up towards the 2024 national election, obviously is one which they feel might engender more votes for them, but one which could actually be more detrimental to the economy. You did talk about risks, and of course the expectation is that the ANC does get well below the 50% mark, somewhere in the low 40s, moving into to a coalition-style government, which would in turn also, of course, bring along its own problems. We've seen the effects of coalition governing um, in a number of municipalities in South Africa, and of course, the damage that that's actually had as well. So these are all risks for the 2024 outlook, um, particularly for sentiment, for business confidence, for consumer confidence. And in fact, in the latest consumer confidence figures that were released today, we actually saw, saw a sharp drop in expectations for the economic outlook. Mm -hmm. particularly for 2024, as these were the fourth quarter of 2023 yeah. consumer confidence um, figures, which really signals that people overall are generally worried about South Africa mm -hmm. and, of course, its economic outlook. So what we need instead from government is more pro-business economic mm -hmm. policies. And, of course, if it does go into coalition, choosing coalition partners, which are more pro-business as mm -hmm. well. So I think, you know, 2024 is going to be an interesting year, but around the world, we're going to see many elections yeah. between now and the end of 2024. Yeah. And of course, there are many significant 
um, impacts coming through both from moves towards populism but also moves away from it as well. Mm-hmm. South African government would be wise to try and have a more pro-business friendly stance yeah. and certainly we've seen that from certain areas in government we have found that but other areas continue to seemingly work against this. I'd like to thank you both for your time this afternoon. Very uh, valuable insights. And I'm sure we'll take a stock of what to expect in 2024 uh, sometime early next year. That was Chief Economist and Investing Annabelle Bishop and Independent Economist Elise Kruger.